Isn't it a lovely morning? What a privilege to be able to come into the house of God on a morning like this. Our reading this morning is taken from two Psalms. In some manuscripts, these two Psalms are shown as one. They become one Psalm in some manuscripts. So I intend to just read straight through the two. Psalm 42. As the deer parts for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food, day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. My soul is cast down within me, Therefore I will remember you from the land of Jordan and the heights of Hermon, from the Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony, as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. And Psalm 43, Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Rescue me from deceitful and wicked men. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then will I go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. My Saviour and my God. The Lord lad is blessing to that portion of Scripture. Do you ever find yourself downcast? Do you ever have a kind of a black Monday or a, perhaps even a black fortnight, you know? And perhaps sometimes this downcast feeling goes a bit deeper. And you find yourself feeling really depressed and really in it. You know, there can be many causes 
why we get into these states. And sometimes God allows us to go through these states so that we can minister to others who are experiencing these kind of things. I'll let you into a secret. It's not often I'm feeling like that, but I've been through a very rough period uh, since Christmas, actually. I've come through it now. Praise God. (laughs) But it's from the depth of my heart that I'm just passing on to you this morning what I feel God's passed on to me. There can be many reasons why you feel downcast. People living on their own and can feel very lonely. Not only can they feel very lonely, but they can feel very neglected. And we're very fortunate in our fellowship here uh, to have people who care and people who are prepared to uh, give of the time in order to encourage such people. And cause them to feel as though they're not neglected at all, but they do belong to the fellowship. And then there are other reasons. You can feel as though you're in, uh, receiving opposition. I think I'm right in saying that when my wife found Jesus many years ago, when she was only 17. <laughs> Sorry about that, Edna. <laughs> um, Her father said to her when she came back, oh well, you know, I'll give you six weeks. (laughs) And there was a little bit of, you know, um, people sometimes get this, don't they? When they they give their life to Jesus and the family say, oh, you know, you'll get over it. It's just a phase you're going through. And when you don't get over it and you start really enjoying the blessing of God, well, they get a bit worried. Oh, he's going too far. I don't know why he doesn't take his bed there or why she doesn't take a bed there. She never seems to be at home. She's always at that place. Oh, glory to God. What a wonderful thing it is to feel the blessing of God moving through your soul in such a way that you want to be in the fellowship of the children of God. There's no better place than knowing the joy of the Lord than when you gather together as a group of people worshipping God, praising God and listening to his word. Hallelujah. So opposition, and of course opposition can come in in various degrees. We're very, very fortunate in this land that we don't get persecuted physically. Uh, for our faith and trust in Jesus. But when we were praying this morning for the, the company in, in Pakistan, those who love God with the out of sincerity, and in other places too, it's not just Pakistan, uh, where they suffer the consequences. Some, some are even put to death for no other reason but what they name, the name of Jesus. So opposition can cause us to feel downcast as well. Now, when you're young, you have great hopes and great plans for the future. It doesn't always work out that way, does it? Sometimes it does, but it doesn't always work out that way. And so when your hopes are dashed and things are not uh, turning out the way you thought they were going to turn out, you can feel uh, quite downcast about that too, can't you? And then you can have a feeling of having missed out. Well, you know, I've missed it somewhere along the line. And I've left it too late now. Don't let the enemy tell you that, friends. It's never too late to find the joy of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. It's never too late to know what it is to have peace with God and to have your hopes restored and a sense of purpose and a sense that God is leading and guiding you. And of course, only this last week, we've laid to rest a dearly loved sister of our fellowship here. And it comes to all of us sooner or later. Sometimes people die at a very young age. And grief is something real. Grief is something which you've got to experience before you know what it is. And grief can cause you to feel very, very downcast and very low and even depressed. And we could go on naming the different things that cause us to feel down. There's many other causes. But remember Elijah. My word, he had plenty of reason to feel downcast in, in, at time. When you get home or when you've got some time this week, have a look at 1 Kings chapter 19 and see what happened to Elijah. God gave him a job to do. And when God gives you a job to do, it's not always popular with people who don't understand uh, about spiritual things. And so Elijah had to tell the people and, and call, say that there's going to be no rain. <laughs> Can you imagine that in a place where it's all sand and, uh, and uh, things are difficult? And God looked after him. And God sent the ravens to feed him. I was thinking about this when I was meditating on these thoughts. And I thought, I don't think I'd care to have bits of carrion dropped by black, big black birds, the ravens. Would you? I wonder whether they dropped it to him. I wonder whether they put it down at his feet or what. But you know, I wouldn't like to feed like that. I'm sure you won't be going home to a meal like that today, will you? He had plenty of reason to feel downcast and think, well, what's God allowing this to happen to me for? Why should I have to suffer like this? Why should it come to me in this way? And then the brook dried up and there was no water for him to drink. <laughs> and if you look in the story a bit further, the, the, the lady who used to give him hospitality, a son died. Oh my word, everything seemed to be going wrong for him. And then after he'd uh, carried out what God said in relation to uh, the prophets of Baal, he had to flee for his life because the queen of the country said, um, be, be it done to me, if, it, if I don't get you before the, the sun sets tonight, you'll be a goner. <laughs> and he ran for it. Wouldn't you? <laughs> And he must have felt very low, and God came to him on the mountainside, spoke to him on the mountainside. And he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I mean, as though he didn't know. He did know, of course he knew. What are you doing here, Elijah? And so Elijah pours out this tale of woe, and he finishes up by saying, I only I am left. You know, if you think you're going through a difficult time, don't get to the state where you feel as though you're the only one left and you're the only one that's going through it. Because we all at some time or other, I am sure, is there anybody here this morning who has never felt as though they're going through a time of difficulty and, oh Lord, why does this happen to me? Do, why does this have to happen? 
Well, I'm sure Elijah must have felt like that. And God had to remind him he'd still got 7,000 prophets who had not bowed their knee, uh, not prophets, 7,000 people who had not bowed down their knee to, to uh, Baal. So you might think you're uh, at the end and that you're the only one, but God knows. And God's with you if you'll only trust him and let him lead you and guide you and he'll bring you through. Now, so what can we learn from this psalm? Well, it's two psalms, really. Uh, depending how you look at it, they're either one or two. Some manuscripts, as I said before, uh, show these as uh, one psalm. <clears throat> the first thing I uh, observe from uh, these psalms is that the man who wrote them obviously knew God. He obviously knew God. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so my heart panteth after you, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. What a place to be, friends, when... The most wonderful times in my life is when I've been in that situation, where I've felt the desire within my soul uh, to long after God, to be totally uh, consumed and immersed in what he wants me to do. And he never wanted me to be a pastor. didn't call me to be a pastor. But he did call me to be a witness. And uh, each one of us are so different. Each one of us have uh, uh, qualities and uh, abilities given by God. Which are unique to us. And God can use you. Hallelujah. When your heart, when your soul... When your whole being is panting like the deer for the streams of water. And then in the Psalm 43, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Well, we don't have tabernacles, but we do have this lovely building here today that keeps us from the cold. And how wonderful it is to be able to be here uh, this morning and to know that. Do you have these desires? Do you get this thirsting? Oh, my soul thirsteth. The psalmist says. You can have that same thirsting. And he'll meet it too. And your desires. Do you desire? Like this man desired. To know the leading and the guiding of God. But not only did he know God, but he was going through a difficult time. My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? Have you ever heard people say that to you? You call yourself a Christian and you're going through all this trouble, what's the reason for that? Where's God in all this? Have you ever said it yourself? Have you ever thought it yourself about the situation you're going through? Judge me, O oh God. Or as the NAV puts it, Psalm 43. I'm going to turn to the NAV. You know, I... I get all my thoughts from the AV... And it's very difficult in this day and generation to kind of convert that back 
into, you know, into the language that you can understand. But some of the AV is, is very archaic, isn't it, when it's thou's and these and, and uh, you know. Uh, so, I, I, I sometimes find myself preparing my notes <laughs> with AV in mind. And I, I looked at these notes uh, late last night uh, when I came back from Nottingham. And... Uh, and I found that I'd forgotten to translate some of it into it into NIV, <laughs> and I tried to call up the uh, the reference so I could just copy it out and put it in my notes. But you know, there was something wrong with the computer and it wouldn't come out, would it? <laughs> so if I if I lapse into a little bit of the AV, you'll have to forgive me for that, will you? <laughs> and try and understand it. <clears throat> Not only uh, did he have. Um, a knowledge of God, but he had this, uh, he was having a very difficult time. My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, where is your God? Judge me, O God. Or uh, the NAV puts it from memory. Uh, I'll have to do it from memory, because since I picked these glasses up, I'm afraid uh, one half of them's come off, and so it's a good job I've got my notes in bigger print, isn't it? <laughs> Been the bane of my experience this morning, aren't they, those? The NAV puts it, vindicate me, O God. I think that's better than judge me, don't you? We don't like to think of the idea of being judged, but the, the NAV puts it from memory, vindicate me, O God. Yeah. Deliver me from deceitful and unjust men. For thou art the God of my strength. Why hast thou cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Not only was he weeping day and night, but he was taunted for his faith in God. And he felt the need to be vindicated. Have you ever felt the need to be vindicated in what you're doing? Sometimes you feel you've been completely misunderstood. Sometimes you feel as though people have just got the wrong idea of what you're meant to get across. And the, you know, you feel as if you're under judgment for it and you're really getting the stick for it. Have you ever been in that situation? I have. I'm not going into detail this morning, but I have. And how nice it is to feel as though God vindicates you. And, uh, and though everybody else might still feel the same way they do, you feel vindicated yourself and you know that God's got it all in hand. He also felt rejected. Verse 2 of Psalm 43. No one likes to feel rejected, do they? We like to feel as though we're included. We like to feel as though we're part of, uh, of things. And this man felt he was rejected. <clears throat> the third thing I want to learn, I want us to learn from these two Psalms is, because we are believers, doesn't mean we'll be free from difficulties. Some, you know, you go to some meetings, and I've been to them, and you'd feel as though the teaching is, uh, turn to Jesus and everything will be right. Accept Jesus and you'll never know any more problems and difficulties and your life will be full of joy and happiness and you'll have no difficulty or problem. That's not true. That is not true. Jesus said... In uh, John 15, 19 to 21, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, 
But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than a master, than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. So don't expect an easy ride all the time. <laughs> what about the Apostle Paul? All the great experiences he had and the great blessings he had. And when you look at the scripture, if you took the Apostle Paul's writings out of the scripture, the, the New Testament would be very thin, wouldn't it? And yet he went through great persecutions. Writing to Timothy, he said these words, Persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. But out of them all... The Lord delivered me. Yea, and they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learnt and hast been assured of, knowing of whom you have learnt them. Hallelujah. So there's the bedrock, friends, uh, when things seem to be going wrong and you're wondering just where God is in it all. Keep on keeping on, as Paul encouraged us here. Continue thou in the things thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom you have received them. Hallelujah. So what should we do then when difficult times arise? First of all, like I've just said, we should keep on keeping on. The psalm is saying again, why art thou downcast? He repeats this phrase a few times, so I'm not uh, apologising for repeating it. Why art thou cast down? Put your hope in God. He's talking to, he's talking to himself, he's not talking to a multitude. Sometimes it's a good thing to talk to yourself uh, and to God, of course. And, uh, and then tell yourself what God's saying to you. But he didn't stay at that, being this, in just talking to himself and, and recounting all his problems. He moved on. And we've got to be prepared for God to speak to us and for us to move on. Therefore I will remember you, he says. Therefore I will remember you from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mesa. He remembered past events where God had worked great deliverance for them, where God had brought them through great difficult times. He remembered the stories that his uh, ancestors had told him about the, about the times when God brought his people out of uh, uh, bondage in Egypt and brought them deliverance. Hallelujah. And you know, there's plenty, if you start thinking, and I wanted to have a hymn this morning, but I didn't think many people knew it here. Uh, when upon life's billows you are tempest tossed. Do many of you know it? No, this one or two don't know it. One or two do, thank you. Uh, when you are discouraged, feeling all is lost, count your bl many blessings. Uh, name them one by one. 
And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. And once you start counting your blessings, and you see the way that God has delivered you on so many occasions in the past, not always in the way that you wanted him to deliver you, but he has brought you safely through. And it's not always been the way that you would have chosen for him to bring you through, but he's brought you through. And you find yourself again back in that situation where the joy of the Lord is flooding in your soul and where you're feeling again that you're part of his plan and his purpose. Hallelujah. But not only... uh, did he bring him through like that? But he, he said, he, he carries on then with praying, Oh, send thy light and thy truth. Let it lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill. It's good, friends, to recognize our need to have the leading of God upon our lives. So much of our trouble and so much of our difficulty stems from our own uh, failure uh, to comply with what God has clearly laid in Scripture Uh, we should comply with. And then we wonder why we're in the mess we're in. God's laid things out for us. He's not there as a big stick to beat us with. He's there, friends, that we might have fullness of life. I have come, you might have life and have it in all its fullness. Glory to God. But we do need to walk by the precepts that God uh, puts into our life. And we shouldn't attempt to hide the fact when we're not feeling quite up to it. How many times do you come through the door and the, the person at the door says, Good morning, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thanks, how are you? And deep down in here, you know, you feel as though you're going to be on your knees because you can hardly keep going. You feel so under pressure and, and so depressed. What good does it do you, friends, to hide it? What do you think a fellowship of believers is for? To support one another, to help one another, to build one another up in the holy faith. Glory to God. And that's not just a pastor's job. It's not just a minister's job. We are to be, uh, the work of the pastor and the minister is to fit the saints. That's us. The ones who are called out ones. That's what a saint is, a called out one. And the work of the pastor or the minister is to fit the saints for the work of the ministry. And the work of the ministry is to build one another up in our holy faith. And so when you're feeling like that, don't don't feel as though it's something to try and hide from folk. Folk can't help you if they don't know what's wrong. Folk can't help you, can't give you that support and that help that you need. So be prepared to be open with one another. I'm looking at the clock, I better cut all that out. (laughs) Perhaps you've not all yet come into a relationship. I don't know you all here this morning. Perhaps you're not all, all of you might not yet have come into this living relationship with God, where you talk to God as your heavenly father, and where you hear him speaking to you in your innermost being. What a privilege it is. I cannot thank God enough for bringing me into faith at a young age and opening my eyes, and I'm, and I'm still learning all the time. It's wonderful to know the presence and the leading of God as we go out through life. But you might not have come into that situation yet. 
If you're one of those who haven't yet come into that situation, I don't want you to think that being a Christian is a miserable thing. You might think, well, I don't want all this persecution. I don't want this. I don't want that. You know, that's it. That's all. Everyone in life has these problems. The difference with a Christian is that we know who to turn to. We know who has the answer. We know, we know who has the leading that will lead us through and bring us out at the other end. And if you don't know this living relationship with God through Jesus Christ, well, you can know this morning. It's simple. You've just got to acknowledge that you need him. You've just got to realise that you've come short of the standard that he's expected of you. And you've got to be prepared to say, oh God, I'm so sorry. Turn me around from, from that way of life and put me on the path that you want me. Forgive me and come into my life and make me a new creature in Jesus. Hey, and the good news is, he will. He doesn't turn anyone away. Even the, even the, the dying thief upon the cross. This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. You've not left it too light. You've not missed it. You, you, you've not kind of missed out in life. It's there for the taking. God wants to give it you. So why not repent and believe in him today and accept the offer that he has? And when you do, the promise of God becomes alive in your life. As an unfolding revelation. Oh, hallelujah. And you, you look back and you say, well, why didn't I see that before? Because as time goes on, you find more and more of God's revelation coming to you as you're walking in communion with him. And the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. I trust this morning, if you're going through one of these difficult times, and I'm sure we all do, as I said before, from time to time, But you'll think again. Turn to God. Tell God about it. He knows about it anyway. But tell him about it and ask him to come in and bring you his peace and bring you through. I'm glad to say this morning the joy of the Lord's in my soul again. It's not often I'm down like I said to begin with. But I've come through that difficult patch that I was in and just, before, just after Christmas. And God's with me today. And he could be with you. God bless you all.